It's your special guest host on cliffcentral.com. Yeah, yeah, what's up, what's up? This is DJ Kume, the beat bully from the East, bringing you nothing but the freshest beats from the club to the streets. And I definitely am happy to be right here at uh, Cliff Central. And today, I guess I'll be your guest host for the show. Um, so I was busy thinking, what am I going to call today's show or me coming to Cliff Central? And I decided to call it the Beat Bully Show. So welcome, welcome to the Beat Bully Show. Um, just a bit of information about myself. I am the last born and I do have uh, two siblings, two older brothers. So best believe I am a bit of a spoiled brat. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'll be hosting today's afternoon slot and definitely happy to be here. Um Quite an interesting story before I get into anything else. So this morning I woke up and I had to go to one of my other gigs in the morning. And, uh, you know, all excited knowing that this afternoon I'm going to be right here at uh, Cliff Central. And a few after like maybe two hours of being up or whatever, start feeling, you know, stomach starting to act funny. I must have made at least about four trips to the loo. And uh, definitely knew that I had to kind of detox or kind of get myself together, you know. So I uh, made a plan, got home, uh, got all that stuff together, you know, took mom, mom's secret remedies. I think that's the quickest way to get yourself sorted. Uh, didn't really think about maybe taking, you know, your Brook Lax or your Freshens or whatever that other stuff that people like to take. And uh, I'm not going to mention what I did, but it, just know that it's one of mom's secret rem- remedies. And you guys can just think for yourself what that was and uh, eventually got myself together. So obviously I needed to prepare, get ready, told myself I was going to be here at around, I wanted to be at least an hour early. So obviously around 11-ish, 12-ish, you know, getting my stuff prepared. And guess what I do? I go to the car to go pick up. To go pick up uh, one of my CDs and I needed to put the key in. Now I'm in such a rush and I'm one of those people that kind of, you know, our minds work faster than the stuff that we're doing. So I turn the turn the key, switch the car on, get the CD out and I just walk out. So the car key was still on and the music was still pumping. Um, went, to, went to go prepare for about an hour or whatever. Uh, so now I'm like looking for my bloody keys. I can't see my keys. Go to the car, see, boom, keys on the car cars on music music blazing now soon as i saw that i knew i knew that this cannot be happening this cannot be happening not on the day that i'll be i'll be here on uh, cliff central so now what happened was um come to realize that the battery's flat and you know that it's that time it's around half 10 11 people at work my brother's gone my dad's gone my mom's gone there's no one to call neighbors all cars are gone so i know I knew for a fact that uh, I had to do the last resort. And uh, one thing I'd actually like to say is God bless and thank you, Lord, for public transport in South Africa. Just to let you guys know, this was the first taxi ride I have taken in about, I don't know, you could say about five years. And it was actually quite an experience. Um, I think obviously I had to figure out what the signs were because I had to catch a cab from Edenvale all the way all the way to Alex and then from Alex to Ravonia. So obviously getting to where people catch cabs in, in uh, Edenville. And that first I need to kind of figure out what is, how do you, what signal is it to Alex, you know? Luckily there was t- these two ladies standing where I was. So I asked them, you know, how do I point to Alex? They're like, yeah, okay, do this, do this, do that. I'm like, all right, cool. Now one cab passes. It's two full. Two cab, second cab passes. Third cab passes. And then... After that, uh, obviously these ladies are still pointing like with me. I think the one lady was headed to Randburg and her plan was to, to hit, uh, 
what's her name, Joburg and then Ramberg and the other lady, I don't know where she was going. So after the third cab passes, you know these uh, career guys, man, in these uh, small bantam buckies. Two of these guys pull pull over. So I'm like, okay, are they pulling over for me or are they pulling over for the ladies? So the one lady is like, yeah, okay, yang yabonga, you know. So they both, two of them get into the separate uh, bantam buckies. And I go to the one, I'm like, yeah, man. So this lady is like going to, going to Alex, where I'm going, you know. So the dude's like, yeah, I know, but I'm not going to drop off straight at Alex. So I was like, whew. Okay, so this is me now, waiting, pointing. Luckily, after about five minutes, got my cab and phew, off to Alex I was. Now, obviously, first time in a cab for about five years. And I must say, these uh, quantum quantum cabs are on some other level. That was like comfortable, comfortable, comfortable. Okay, I wasn't really going to fall asleep, but I just wanted to say that that ish was damn, damn comfortable. So, got in there, took my drive. I think I even took a selfie. Yeah, man. I took a selfie. I'm actually going to try to post that up on Twitter a little bit later. I took a selfie, you know, first cab in about five years. And, uh, yeah, I took a cab all the way to Alex, you know. I think everything is still the same. Because, you know, as soon as normally, or back in the days. Sorry, when I rode a cab. Uh, I remember a cab in about 95. A cab to Alex was about five-ish, five rand. Five rand or so, man. Like, now I had to pay 14 rand. But understandable that this was this cab was coming from Tembisa going straight to Alex. But I mean the price is still kind of ridiculous. But anyways, paid paid the fee, had a nice drive. You know, you know you kind of worry that you know you're in a cab. You know things are going to go bad. But no, I mean the driver was on point. His driving was fresh. You know, if I was tired, I probably would have passed out in that cab. But I mean I was just too excited and happy of what's going on. So went through, pulled up at Alex, and uh, you know. Obviously, people advise me, you know, Alex, you go here, catch a cab to Ravonia. So I'm like, all right, now, nah, cool, let's do this, you know. So I went through, uh, I think it was at uh, Pan Africa Mall. Went in there, got got into a cab, got into a cab. Now, the thing with cabs at Pan Af- Africa Mall is you have got to wait until the cab gets full. And this time, I'm looking at the bloody time, and I know I've got about, I think that time I must have had about uh, one hour, 15 minutes to get to the show. One hour, 15 minutes to get to two o'clock. So I was like, all right, now. Nah, Wait, chill, everything, get chill. Luckily, the cab must have filled up in about 10 minutes. So I was like, now, nah, cool, let's go. Now, this is where the fun stuff started happening. I was sitting next to some old lady. Obviously, I asked her, where's this cab going, da-da-da. And I think after about two minutes, once the cab had taken off, she was passed out. And when I say passed out, I'm talking about that, like, <laughs> snoring type of passed out. And I was just a little bit, little bit worried about her, you know, kind of, Resting ahead of my shoulder, and then I'd have to be like, "Yes, insist, please, please, just kind of move out the way." But uh, yeah, man, eventually made it, and uh, luckily I got here at around I think half an hour before my show, and got prepared, and I am here and ready to kick some ass. Now, uh, just to let you guys know, this just to remind you again that this is my first time, so if I bust too quick, I promise to make up for it in the second round. It's your special guest host on cliffcentral.com. Alright, cool, cool. So we're back, we're back, we're back. We're back obviously to have some fun, chat about some crazy stuff. But uh, apparently I was actually told that I was allowed one song. And I was still unsure about what this song I was going to play. Luckily my man over here, Duncan, hooked me up. And I've still got my song coming on a little bit later on. 
just to let you guys know, the song I'm going to play for you, ladies and gentlemen, is um, something fresh, fresh, fresh out the studio by my good friend, Latrev, and you can catch him on Twitter at LatrevHQ. You're going to love this one. You're really, really going to love this one. Okay, now, uh, obviously, I've got a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to be talking about relationships. Uh, we are going to be talking, yeah, man, I think mostly it's all about relationships. We're going to touch a bit on politics. I just hope that we've actually got quite enough time to go for it. Uh, time right now is what, uh, 15 minutes past two? So, yeah, we've still got quite a bit. I think we've got about half an hour to get through what we need to get through. So, getting into it, uh, apparently a recent study... Done by Oslo and how do you spell this? How do you pronounce this actually? Urkeshaw's University of Applied Science revealed that the more chores a husband does, the more likely the marriage will end in divorce. Did you hear that? The more chores a husband does in the marriage, uh, the more likely the marriage will end in divorce. What do you guys think about that? So just to kind of give you guys a brief overview of the whole story, whole study, um, they actually used a sample of 20,000 men and women. And obviously in that sample, they discovered that 65% of the couples equally divided child care, but not, house, but, not, uh, but not the housework. And 11% of the women were doing all or more of the work. 25% and 25% divided the work more equally. Now, my question is, with this whole childcare side of things, does this involve the fathers doing the whole diaper change thing? Because I know that's uh, quite a big struggle for a lot of a lot of fathers in the 21st century is uh, the whole thing of doing diaper changes. I've actually seen quite a few videos when like, but it was really weird. Like the father was like seriously, seriously grossed out of uh, the damage that his young young kid had actually done. So yeah, man, I don't know. What do you guys think about, uh, obviously, fathers doing diaper changes and stuff? But uh, one thing definitely is, uh, so my mom is, like, very, very traditional when it comes to, like, marriage and the roles that uh, the wife must play, the roles that the husband must play. And uh, she'll definitely have something to say about that. But uh, you know what they say? One, uh, one thing that my one friend loves, loves to say when it comes to mothers and decision is, mom is always, always always right so yeah man uh, i don't know what do you guys think about this study on uh hu- the husbands that do more chores within the wedding with those marriages i mean those marriages more likely to get divorced because i think now we've got a lot of women that are actually in business a lot of women doing big moves actually other day i was actually in uh i was in i was in the restaurant and i heard these two women talking about like massive massive deals you know the one lady is like yo no maybe we should maybe we should Think about getting 40,000. The other one's like, no, I think I can organize about 50,000 and we can make at least about a million. So I was like, damn, is this what we women talk about these days? I mean, like before, obviously, one, I think you can call the person a sexist. The sexist would normally say, I'd expect women to be talking about their nails or when they're going to go for the next 10. But uh, yeah, man, I just want to say big ups to the ladies. And if the guy is too afraid to do chores, I think you should actually hit the dust. <laughs> and a lot of the ladies in the studio are actually agreeing with me, man. Yeah, I mean, it's the 21st century. Things are changing. A whole lot of things are changing. Before you know it, you'll have the woman going to work and the husband's at home looking after the kids, doing the dishes, washing, and all of that stuff. 
Okay, yeah, man. So uh, I think that was uh, done with the first topic. About to head into the next topic. I think this is a topic that will actually touch the heart of a lot of people, a lot of people in South Africa and in the world. It's something that we all actually kind of experience as soon as we head out of school or we head out of our tertiary institutions. It is dealing with office politics. And that was me being silent for a moment. I just wanted to let you guys kind of think about that. And uh, you can actually let me know what you think about that. But uh, obviously this question goes this question goes to the 75.7% of South Africans that are actually employed. Because you do know, I think we're about the second highest unemployment rate in the world, if I'm not mistaken. So obviously this will go to all of my employed brothers and sisters or employed ladies and gentlemen. So I know that it's uh, definitely a t- touchy, touchy sub- uh, topic in this country. And uh, I don't know, man, it's just everywhere you go, I- I've actually come to learn because I've been in quite a few offices. Uh, I think I've done about two internships. Um, currently, ve- currently volunteering at uh, another station. And I've actually kind of start started to see, you know, like, the kind of clashes that you go on, uh, you know, I think that person or I think that boss actually likes that person more or I think um, this person is trying their best to kind of bring me down or kind of uh, destroy the work that uh, destroy the work that uh, we're doing. Now, what I really want to know is can we really avoid office politics or is just one of those things you kind of have to deal with, you know, like the price of petrol going up. Raising rising costs of food, a third nipple. I don't know. You tell me. But obviously, reading up uh, reading up on it, I came to find that there are obviously negatives and positives when it comes to office politics. So you'd have negative office politics, and I think that'll be the one when uh, you know you'll have that group that's always skinnering about so and so and da da da, or you have that person who like never brings you the information that you need in order for you to complete the project or the task that you've been assigned to do. And uh, like I said, the positives in uh, office politics, are, I think they're mainly just there to kind of motivate you to do better in your job. And uh, yeah, man, I don't know. It's just like one of those things that we really, really cannot go, go over. And just to mention again that uh, the negative politics are actually just there to make your life a living, living, living hell. So how does one win the battle when it comes to office politics? Well, actually, I've actually got quite a few tips on how to help you overcome your office politics. And uh, your first tip is obviously going to go to go. Well, your first tip is going to go a little something like this. What you do is you'll ask respected higher ups for counsel on a regular basis from I mean, on a regular basis. So maybe if you got some questions, you know, you maybe ask like. First, you'd ask someone who's like on the same level as you. But if you want to kind of earn brownie points, because I like, I love to call it earning brownie points, you'll probably go to like a guy who's above, above a guy more like higher than your supervisor type of thing. You, you know, you ask like questions regarding the work that you're doing. And then obviously, if this happens on a regular basis, he'll, he or she will definitely become curious and be like, you know what? I think this guy's uh, actually kind of serious about his job. Let's see what he can do if we give him more tasks or if we give him more responsibilities. And I think that will be you kind of rising above the office politics. And then uh, the next tip to kind of overcome office politics is perform deliberate acts of kindness. 
And uh, for me to kind of sum that us is sum that up is kiss a lot of ass when you when you're in the in the office. And I know a lot of people aren't really up on that or up to that, but myself also, I'm not really much of a kiss ass. But if you know that uh, this is when you need to kind of step up or you need that guy's uh, point of approval, then you know you'll do your best to kind of suck up to him and obviously do stuff for him that other people won't normally do. And then I think for the last tip to kind of overcome your office politics is do visible and important tasks. So visible important tasks, I don't think this would actually go for like your, you know, you see that the trash is always full on a Sunday Wednesday and no one actually takes initiative to kind of remove the trash. So you'll be the guy like, oh, okay, let me go and remove the trash. I don't think it's something like that. I think it's like some of the tasks that uh, would actually scare a lot of people to do because obviously when doing tasks, especially in the office, one would fear that, yo, what if I mess this up? Obviously the boss will kind of notice that and we'll see what uh that I'm, i might be underperforming but it's just one of those things um yeah man so i just wanted to know guys what kind of office politics are you actually experiencing what kind of office politics are you experiencing don't forget guys right now we are on cliffcentral.com and the contact details are 08 Triple five one eight nine. That is oh eight six one triple five one eight nine. And then on Twitter, don't forget it is at cliffcentral.com and on Facebook it is Cliff Central and the WeChat ID is Cliff Central. And don't forget to send a message on WeChat, tap connect and then MSG to show. This is a song by my boy Latrev HQ. You can catch him on Twitter also at Latrev HQ. Look what you done to me, baby. I feel like a puppy in need of your love. Baby, that's no fair. Not just the thrill, I'm head over heels. It seems like you don't care. I feel like a puppy in need of your love. Baby, that's no fair. I think that I'm going crazy. Look what you done to me, baby. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, my boy Latrev, all the way from the East Rand. I swear, this guy's got some hot, hot stuff coming out soon. So be sure to definitely look out for him in this coming year. Now, yeah, man, I know we're talking about office politics and uh, keeping on the subject of politics. I do hope you guys kind of made a plan this past weekend to go and register to vote. But I'm curious on the thought... That will it ever happen that uh, obviously when say you've registered before and you didn't make a plan to go and register this past weekend. Will it ever happen that all of a sudden when you go and vote, you find out that you're not registered? Will that ever happen? I'm not quite sure. I'm eh? not quite sure. But uh, I'm guessing if it should happen to like one of these, you know, you got these these cool South Africans and you got the hectic South Africans and then you got the patriotic South Africans. If it ever happened to one of those uh, patriotic South Africans, I think it would be quite a sight. You see, you really want to see a South African lose his cool. Let that happen. But uh, yeah, man, I just want to say big up uh, to the guys from, uh, oof, what's that organization? ANC. 
IEC. Yeah, big ups to the guys from the IEC on uh, making sure that uh, voting registrations went smoothly. And uh, yeah, man, I've I've voted before. Definitely going to vote again. Um, I think I just might go past the next chance we get uh, to check if we're registered or not. I mean, I don't want that happening of me going there and only to realize that I actually haven't been registered to vote. So, yeah, man, uh, kind of changing, switching topics a bit there. Right now, uh, I'm going to talk about uh, a dude called Ray Tomlinson. And uh, this is obviously the guy that uh, uh, was accredited for inventing the email. Um, yeah, so apparently this guy, I think, uh, passed away on on, Mon- on Sunday, I think it was. And yeah, passed away at the age of 74. And uh, yeah, he came up with the idea of email. Came up with the idea of email in 1971. But when asked, obviously, because if you know that uh, you've kind of invented something such as email, people would actually want to know... I think one big thing would be what was the first email. If you're prob if you're like an inventor in South Africa, and you're the guy that invented uh, invented the email, what do you think the first email would be? Please order me a quarter, dog, on your way back. <laughs> or maybe order me like uh, some scop on your way back or something like that, man. Well, if he was like, uh, obviously a black dude from like Kokasi or whatever, but, uh, I think in the, in the burbs, man, they'll be like, yo, um, just go past like, uh, you know, one of these fancy restaurants or whatever and, uh, give me some. But I think it's gotta, it's gotta involve food, the first email. But, uh, yeah, man. So, like I said, he couldn't remember what the first email that he sent. And talking about email, emails or messages, it actually gets me to the topic. Of have you ever sent the wrong email to someone? Have you ever sent the wrong message to someone? And when I'm talking about messages, I'm talking about, you know, you got those couples who are very intimate, not only behind closed doors, but also on social media. You know, they'll send like a little nude pic here, a little nude pic there. And then you'll be like on your WhatsApp or on your WhatsApp or whatever, and you'll want to send. Or the lady will want to send a boyfriend like a, a really hot, steamy nude and accidentally press to mom or to dad. Even worse, to your boss. What you going to do then? I know that uh, that actually happens quite a lot. Um, I've never done that personally. I don't know. I'm not really, not much of a fan of sending nudes. Because I know how this whole process kind of ends up in the end. Because, you know, you guys will be lovey-dovey this year and the next year. You'll be calling each other names and, you know, I hate this person, da, da, da. And you'll, what you, what will, what, and uh, what will you end up doing is probably going back and uh, doing what we call revenge porn. And that can really, really mess up a person's life. And yeah, man, it's just uh, like one of those things. But uh, another thing, actually going back, not only on mess on cell phone, on uh, cell phone messages, we could actually go back to sending emails. I know the other day I had to send a very important email. And for me personally, when I'm going on email or I'm sending an email, like, like I said, my mind, my mind like works faster than I'm typing or my mind is like way ahead. So at the end of the message, I would not have to send the email like very, very fast. I would like type, type, type. And then after sending the message, I only realized that, you know, I might have said a phrase twice because my mind is already thinking like, okay, I want to say this. I want to say that. 
And uh, you know, I'll have like the word the. I'll have the word like twice or three times in the email. And then I'll obviously send another email and say apologies for that. I was in a rush. Da 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 da. Please forgive me. But uh, I know like a lot of businesses actually have actually lost quite a bit, like maybe 5 million contracts. Just on like the boss saying, you know, okay, sending it to one of his employees and saying, you know, I don't really like working with this company because these guys are really incompetent or da da da. And then now he'll obviously send it to his employees, forgetting that he CC'd the company. That was actually a story, story I read about, I think it was about a week ago. Um, oof, I kind of forgot what the company was, but these dudes actually lost like a $5 million contract. So yeah, man, I just wanted to say, guys, just, uh, be careful on the emails and the messages you send. I mean, obviously it's, uh, the type of mistakes that we'll normally do is having too many mistakes in your email, sending a new to your parents and yeah, man, just silly email blunders that, you know, you forget, you forget to put the right punctuation or dumb stuff like that. I heard that that stuff actually really, really counts. eh? So guys, just be careful on your messages. And, uh, once again, rest in peace to Ray Tomlinson, the inventor of the email. Yeah, yeah, man. That was song of the year. I think, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big ups, big ups, MT. Um, yeah, so, uh, about to go on to the next topic. Uh, but obviously kicking off the topic, I just want to ask, whoop. Okay, I just want to ask at a scale of one to ten, uh, with ten being your best, obviously, um, how good would you guys rate yourself when it comes to job interviews? <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, some of the guys here are obviously saying three. Um, I think myself, yeah, I think around three, four-ish. Just to kind of give myself the benefit of the doubt, I think I'll go around five, man. Um, yeah, so obviously thinking about interviews and talking about interviews, what is the weirdest, weirdest question that you, you got asked in your interview? Because I come to realize that when you go to interviews, you know, first you'd obviously, or they want to know about you and, uh, you know, what your Obviously, look at your CV. So like, oh, so you used to work here. What did you do there? Why did you leave there? You know, type, type of stuff like that. And uh, then they'll just like throw one of those weird, weird questions for you. It's just like one of those things that, uh, and these, this weird question will like literally throw you, throw you way off the ball, way off the ball. And then obviously talking about uh, weird questions uh, or weird questions that you get uh, at an interview it kind of reminds me of an interview I went to, I think it was in about 20, 2011-ish, 2010, 2011-ish at this like massive, massive radio station. And <laughs> so obviously the interview, so just to start off, the interview was going terrible. It was like the worst interview I've ever been to. So at the end of the interview, because I know there was guys before me and guys that were meant to go after me. So guys that went before me were obviously saying that, look, they're going to hit you with like a curveball question, a curveball question. So I was like, okay, cool. So I just want to let, like, tell you guys this story. So this curveball question of mine, I don't know if this is going to make me sound like a really bad person, but it's just the first thing that came to my mind and it's like a logical answer. So what this guy said is, uh, you get sent to war or you say like you go to war and, uh, you know, everyone's fighting, guns, people dying limbs falling apart whatever and uh, you see a guy from the other team and he's wounded what do you do 
a guy from the other team and he's wounded. What do you do? So this is a question that I got asked at the end of the interview. Now, just to let you know, the interview was like the worst interview. Like some of the questions I couldn't answer. I think there was a point when I actually, uh, they asked me a question and I sat for about a minute. And then I took my phone out and the guy's like, you won't find the answer on your phone. <laughs> so you can tell like I was nervous, nervous as hell. So obviously after I got asked this question, so I'm like to the guy, look, I'm at war. So I'll probably uh, put him out of his misery. That was my answer. I don't know if that makes me like a bad person because I've been thinking about that question like since I went to that interview and I'm always like, you know, maybe I could have answered it like that or answered, uh, maybe answered it a different way. But so, you know, you, I come to think like maybe, you know, it kind of wanted me to kind of change the situation or that. But like logically, dude, you're in war and you're the guy that volunteered to go to war and you see a guy, maybe he's got like one of his, his limbs broken or whatever. So you want to kind of put him out of his misery. Let, let stop. Let the pain stop. Let his pain stop. You know what I mean? So put him out of his misery. And, uh, yeah, that was me and, uh, like my weird, weird, weird question. So I just wanted, we're still talk, talking about the weird questions that you get in an interview. I just wanted to mention a couple of, uh, companies that obviously ask these weird questions. Now, this is uh, one of the questions that you get if you're going for an interview at Google. How many cow- cows are there in Canada? <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's a Google question, man, from Google. How many cows are there in Canada? And then, uh, another question, uh, from the Bank of America. So they'll say, <laughs> calculate the angle of two clock pointers when the time is 11.50. Imagine getting that question at an interview. I don't know. Would you need to like take out a protractor or something? <laughs> yeah, man. It's just some weird stuff that you normally get, uh, the weird stuff that you normally get asked in an interview. And, uh, obviously I did some reading up on it uh, before I come to the show. And I came to the conclusion is the reason why they ask you this uh, type of question is to see if you can think out the box and put more than just your degree or title to the table because you know like a whole lot of people could actually just come in there and say hey i got a master's degree i got a i got a diploma i got another degree in so and so but then if the person is like you know can't really think out the box i don't know if he's really going to be much of a much of a great addition to the team or the workforce that you guys have uh, actually got in there and then uh another reason why they they use they use these type of questions is to see if your confidence level to see your confidence level and see how you react when the unexpected arrive because definitely like in in your office or whatever and you're working you know you get like these weird things that happen and you guys would actually need to kind of pull together and say okay guys maybe we could try this maybe we could try that or maybe we could do that Oh, but that's only if you've got like a really democratic boss or democratic leader. But if you've got an autocratic guy, he'll probably just see you, Cizwe, go do this. <laughs> Michelle, go and, go and get those, go and get those reports and put them together. You know, type of thing like that. And, uh, yeah, man, I think, uh, the one, obviously the last one is just what I mentioned is why they ask you those types of questions is to see if you can solve new and upcoming problems, which may have actually, ne- which you will not find answers to. In a textbook. So yeah, I think uh, that is about it. And uh, we're about to round up. eh? We're about to round up. Uh, So definitely had a great time hanging out with you guys. 
And uh, you know Talking about some random ish Random things Stuff that We all go through Stuff that we all We all think about You know The stuff I think we all think about Damn man I wish like You know my girlfriend Would actually just get down On one knee And marry And uh, propose to me You can't tell me No one has actually Sat and thought about that Yeah So I think uh, I think that's us And uh, I'm about to get out of here Don't forget The name is DJ Kume The Beat Bully from the East Bringing you nothing But the freshest beats From the club to the streets You can catch me on uh, Twitter At DJ Kume SA On Facebook at DJ Kuma SA and on uh, Instagram, yo, Instagram at DJ Kume underscore SA, and uh, definitely had an amazing time hanging out with you guys. It's time for a WeChat workout. WeChat. Go, go, go to the Cliff Central account. Tap connect. Then message to show. Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. This is cliffcentral.com.